Hey everybody, I would like to welcome you to another episode of Pop Culture Gems. This is a series where we talk to amazing creators, artists, cosplayers, voice actors, and so much more. If you like the interviews we do with these terrific guests, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our YouTube channel, the CFG channel. We uh, also release Pop Culture Gems on all podcast services out there, or go to our main website, confreaksandgeeks.com to not miss an episode. Today, I am speaking with an incredible talent in the voice acting world. They uh, they have done work on several shows like the powerful and prideful Tatsumaki in One Punch Man, the deadly Takezu Musashi Shinman in Ikitosen, Mizuki in AI The Somnium Files game series, uh, but you most remember her playing your favorite emergency food, Paimon from Genshin Impact. I would like to welcome Karina Becker to the show. How are you doing, Karina? I'm doing so good. How are you? I am doing awesome. I'm doing really good now. <laughs> After all the technical difficulties, I'm finally glad I'm able to talk to you today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so glad. I hope you're having an excellent Friday. Yeah, it's a good Friday. My birds are awake and happy and eating their 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 grapes. Oh, they got grapes. They're very happy. <laughs> <laughs> their favorite food, I'm assuming. <laughs> One of their favorites. It's that. Oh yeah, you heard that happy noise. Um, uh, that and strawberries. They love grapes uh, and strawberries. <laughs> okay, he's like I'm totally content for the rest of the day with that. That's great. <laughs> All right, well, let's get this party started. Uh, and uh, I just want to know, like, let's get your background story. What is your story like what made you go into the world of voice uh, or in acting um so i was i was five years old at the time and i watched i i had already basically been a performer like singing and stuff like that and my my mom was like oh my god you're a singer we're gonna have you like i started singing in church by that point already and um and then uh i i my parents weirdly at five let me watch the movie the mask which i don't suggest at five yeah <laughs> looking back on that now i'm like oh my god there's a lot of adult themes in this movie i had no idea <laughs> um but i i i really um i got uh, obsessed with jim carrey um and i went to my parents and i was like i know what i want to be when i grow up and my parents were expecting me to say a singer since i was already singing um, and, and, uh, I was like, I want to be Jim Carrey when I grow up. And they were like, oh, so you want to be an actor like Jim Carrey? And I was like, that's not what I said. I said, <laughs> I want to be Jim Carrey. And you said I could be whatever I wanted to be when I grow up. So I'm going to be Jim Carrey. And they're like, you can't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I mean, there's so many, there's so many things about this conversation that I'm like, how did my parents not know I was autistic just based off of this conversation alone? Um, but uh, um, it basically, I had a whole meltdown where I had viewed that like my parents had lied to me um, and wow. that I was upset that I couldn't be Jim Carrey and, and how dare they lie to me saying I could be whatever I want to be since that's not true. Um, and, and they were like, we didn't mean it like that. And, and me being autistic, I was like, what else would, how else would you mean that then? It was a whole thing, but eventually they got me to calm down and eventually they got me to set, like, they were like, look, you can't be Jim Carrey, but you can be an actor like Jim Carrey. And I go, and I basically said through tears, like, okay, fine. I guess that's good enough. Um, <laughs> 
You see a compromise. <laughs> yeah, a compromise. <laughs> um, and and so my my mom was really instrumental in this whole process because she was uh, basically the person that was like, okay, if you really want to do this, let's test this out first. She put me in community theater, which, by the way, if you're ever questioning if voice acting is for you, community theater is a really great way to like, uh, like kind of get into acting without spending a whole bunch of money at first just to see if you like it once you know you like it then spend all the money in the world to try and do it but like you know if you're just testing it out community theater it's right there it's inexpensive like you know it's and it's a lot of fun um i had tons of fun doing community theater um i did that and then i was like i was hooked since day one my first production was the whiz which i am embarrassed to say was mostly white people doing the whiz oh no yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I, oh, I lived in a predominantly white community. <laughs> yeah. So and wait, wait, wait. you're telling me that the like out of all the different shows out there, we could have just done the Wizard of Oz, but it oh. was specifically the Wiz. Um. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I can't even imagine that. It was bad. Um. I, I I was five at the time, though, and all I knew was it was just a show about a different version of The Wizard of Oz, not realizing that the, like, I had no idea that the movie that The Wiz was actually done with Michael Jackson and everything even existed at the time. So mm-hmm. for me, at a fi- as a five-year-old, I was like, I get to be a, um, a flying monkey? Yes. Uh, That's all this. I've ever wanted to be, and I was hooked since day one. Um, so my, I told my mom, no, seriously, this is actually what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I don't care what it takes to do it. And she kind of like sat down with me and we had a very like good conversation about like what this actually entails. Like if I wanted to pursue this as a career that I might never be super successful, I might be struggling, um, you know, because because there's a lot of working actors that are not rich and famous. And I think people forget about that, that you could be a successful actor without being, you know, rich, famous, all that stuff. I point out, my, me and my boyfriend, like when we watch TV, we often point out who who the side characters are and how many, like normally like it's those people that have like maybe a co-starring role they're in actually like tons of shows they're just not the lead character ever you know so um we point those people out all the time on like other shows that we see them on and and she was like so that could be the case that you would never be famous you might be struggling blah 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 and i was like i don't care this is what i want to do um i would rather be happy and struggling than rich and famous like that's like or 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 even rich in a very stable job Mm. i regret that decision um (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding i love my job i really do but but it's it's not a joke that you are struggling for a long time before any you see Usually, not always, not always. Some people actually hit it off and get and get their big roles right off the bat, which is good for them, but usually that's not the case. And um, I will say that I've definitely been successful as a working actor for of like, since I was eight years old, I got my first like paid gig at eight years old oh, wow. in Seattle um working in theater and then i even got my first um voiceover job in seattle right after that on the, because they actually saw me in that theater show and then 
was like, we want them to come and do some voiceover for us. Um, so what was your first show that you, what was your first paid gig? The first show that I ever got paid at, there, there was casting for a voiceover thing that they were doing, which was like a, um, it was a promo for a video game that I believe was playing at PAX. It was not a national commercial. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, PAX originated in Seattle, which is funny because now I think PAX in, in um, East, PAX East is bigger Boston. than PAX West. Yeah, oh, yeah. Boston. Um, because it's PAX started in Seattle, but it's bigger in Boston now. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, it was, it was a promo that was just going to play at PAX. And, um, and it was for a video game. And I don't remember what the video game was. I do know it was a scary video game. And I do remember one line from it, which was like, the evil hellhound reared its head. And through his smile, this is what he said. And then it said something like smoke and ashes. And we were supposed to say it like it was like um, a jump rope skipping game. Yeah. Oh, like, wow. like, you know, that, that like type a, of rhyming. Like a grime, like a, like a grim tales kind of thing or. Yeah, that you like that you kind of said in like a rhyme sort of way that you would like play clap like slap hands and or or like skip rope to. Um, wow. And um, yeah, they hired me because they saw me in that paid show, you know. So that was, yeah. that's kind of cool and, though. I mean, they did say, hey, there. yeah, they're like, hey, yeah. that she would be or they would be the perfect perfect point to to play this 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 role in a. Uh, in this uh, uh, in this preview of the of this upcoming game, so that's actually that's that's awesome though. So so, yeah. but but since then, but it's just been it's been it's been going it's you've been going from the uh, uh, been going over the, since then you've been just moving and doing different kinds of things. So are you still in Seattle right now, or did you uh, are you down in Cali or anywhere? Like, I am in California. Spots? Um, there there's there's just so much more opportunity in Los Angeles. Um, and it's funny because like at one point, you know, I was still doing theater in Seattle, and I was kind of like working regularly. Um, as an actor in Seattle, but there's not there's literally like really only theater and so at one point my mom was like look you're gonna start growing out of this town at some point you're gonna you're 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 doing it and you're kind of already at 16 or no younger than that i think i was 14 um wow uh you know you're you're starting to grow out of this town we have two choices. Either you can choose to go to Los Angeles and try yourself, in, try um, getting into movies and television, or you can go to New York and go into Broadway. And I was like, but then I'll have to be a dancer, right? And and she mm -hmm. was like, yeah. And I was like, I choose Los Angeles. <laughs> it's a uh, five minute decision right there. <laughs> yep easiest decision of my life which like I still wish I did more dance classes but at the time I was also really sick um mm. with Crohn's disease and so doing a lot of physical activity on top of already going to school and then like after school I would go and work as an actor or heck sometimes even during school my mom would have to pull me out of school a lot for acting um because you know shows are during the day sometimes yeah um uh, but you know at that point it was, uh, I, it was too much for me to also do dance classes on top of it be physically because I was so sick. And mm -hmm. at the time, we didn't know what was wrong with me. So at the time, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to Los Angeles. And, and I, you know, it's kind of morbid. But at 14, when you don't know what's wrong with you and you're really sick like that, 
you you automatically go to the worst place of being like you know this i might not be on this earth for i mean we're already on this earth for only a short period of time anyway but mine mm. might be shorter than most mm. um so it, it is split decision la it is because i don't have the time and the energy to do dance classes and learn how to be a triple threat well did um, you i now do dance classes but that's a separate <laughs> 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 well and uh i mean like you're saying i mean you seem like you've been on the you've been on the grind since you were a, since you were a child on this but uh uh when uh you do like i mean you knew acting was going to be what you were wanting to do for the rest of your life like at an early early age super early age uh like uh but did, was there something that made you want to get into voice acting specifically or particularly um i always been interested in voice acting i think it took me too long to realize that that was also a job um again autistic i didn't realize it was actual people behind those voices for the longest time mm -hmm. um <laughs> which makes sense now um but even though i had already done voiceover by that point i it still didn't click in my head um uh but like you know, even even down here, when I was already working as an actor down here, I like at that point, it was like I, I asked questions about how to get into voiceover, but all of my resources were for on camera. And I did do on camera like you see me in My Name is Earl as a guest star. I have a co-star on Glee, Shameless, Desperate Housewives. So like I'm even successful in that. Um, and it was like. And I'd always ask questions because I always got told by my teachers, you should really look into voice acting. You should really look like Gary Austin. I love that man. May he rest in peace. Um, he was the biggest supporter in me looking to do voiceover. And I was like, well, Gary, do you know how to get in? And he was like, no, I have no idea. <laughs> and I was like, great. Because, because voice acting is, even though it is acting, absolutely is acting, but it is a different avenue of acting. And there is a different process in what to do to make yourself um, bookable, you know, in that world. It's a, like, heck, there are, um, there are agencies out here in Los Angeles that do great for on camera, but they don't even have a voiceover department. And at the time I was with an agency that didn't have a voiceover department at all. So I literally had no avenue or way of like really knowing, like nobody knew of any classes. And it wasn't until I met um, a good friend of mine, Jeremy Bloom, mm. who is the son of Steve Bloom. <laughs> um, ran, I, I met that person randomly through a friend through actually, it's so crazy how you meet people. Cause when I think about this, I'm like, that's like a one in a million chance, one in a billion <laughs> chance even. Um, I met a friend through an a, a American Sign Language class. They had me over at a party, which was Jeremy Bloom's house. Mm -hmm. And Jeremy Bloom, of course, I, I then made friends with him. And I told him that I was in acting and stuff like that. And he was like, well, my dad is Steve Bloom. So if you ever have questions about voice acting specifically, and I was like, yes, please. I have so many questions. <laughs> so wait, like by like coincidentally when not when that happened your slight in was talking to steve bloom directly I in on all this to steve freaking bloom wow me nobody <laughs> just from a party i mean that's that's crazy that, yeah. that's awesome it's it's it, you know it's that whole that that saying of like uh, um luck is being ready when the opportunity presents itself 
you know? And by that point, I was already a trained actor, so I at least had the acting down. It was just a matter of finding my way into this specific niche genre um because it is it is a different world and and so yeah he like uh, he had me sit down and talk with his dad which i to this day i have i have i have i thank jeremy like for my whole entire career at this point um because he 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 made it happen um just because he let me talk with his dad and um and uh, jeremy if you're listening i love you (laughs) um and um so yeah, he told me, you know, oh, these are the classes that you need to take. So that way you can get in front of these people and learn how to make yourself a demo and um, uh, get all of these stuff done and get in with the right acting coaches, get in with the right, um, uh, you know, uh, like the- yeah, <laughs> passing the- and stuff like that. And because because it really is a lot of um knowing who to reach out to in this industry and um you know if you're if your teacher uh is mostly doing on camera they they know how to get you into on camera and like all acting classes are good to start with but at some point if you want to specifically get into voiceover then you need voiceover specific classes to then learn that world um and so yeah that's kind of how it happened wow that is incredible that is i love that story that is great and uh Mm -hmm. and i mean uh i mean you are you have been super busy at work as of late i mean like with all the most recent all the, the most recently a lot of different kinds of cool stuff that's been coming out that you've been a part of i mean is there something that you like to do to unwind from the booth to relax um, I like to spend time with my birds. I play a lot of video games. I also knit and crochet a lot. Um, I really love knitting. It's a really great way of um, like kind of feeling at peace and concentrating mm-hmm. on something that isn't acting for once. Oh, nice. um, and, uh, and I even started like a little knitting group with my friends. We meet every Wednesday to just sit and knit. And I, I and I've taught some people how to knit too. Um, just because I was like, I was like, I want to start a knitting group, but I probably don't have a lot of friends that know how. So you know what? I'll just teach them. And I did. <laughs> you so made your own. Friends. <laughs> I made them. You created them. It's like, hey, I, I created made this. I myself, yeah. <laughs> what kind of games do you usually like to play? Oh, um, right now I'm playing Monster Hunter Rise. Um, oh, yeah. But I, I do like a lot of first-person shooters. Uh, in fact, there there's another timeline where I actually did take up my um, – I played a lot of Halo back in the day, and uh, I got offered to actually join a professional Halo. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got that offer, and I was like, "That sounds cool." And then they were like, "Yeah, you have to, you have to like practice like eighteen, like uh, twelve hours a day, though." And I was like, "Oh no, I'm an actor." <laughs> twelve hours. I can't out- do that. But, and they like- were like, "You're so good already, though. If you actually practice that much, you would definitely, you could be a professional, no problem." And uh, because I was keeping up with them, I wasn't as good as them. They were pro players, but they just liked me because they thought I was funny and I was okay. Um, um, but they were like, "You're, you're pr- like, we're no joke. Like, you're pretty good for not being a professional and actually keeping up with us." 
So like, you know, if you've actually practiced with us that as much as we practice, like you could do this. And I was like, nah, I'm an actor. <laughs> <laughs> I, There's man. an alternate universe where I said yes, though. Oh, like I'm sure there is. I'm sure there definitely is. But man, like, I don't know. Like, that doesn't even sound appealing. 12, like you love Halo. You love playing Halo. But then, I don't with think a, I love Halo enough to play it 12 hours a day, though. Oh exactly. It's like, because you're at a point now, it's like you, you love playing your favorite game, but then now it's not a matter of you enjoying playing it. You're, you're playing it so you can, like, break the game in your mind to be like oh, okay when you look at that mountain you're looking at the mountain but if you're looking at a professional level it's like oh no this is like so and so degrees up to the north to the northwest and this gun is not strong enough to hit to, to hit at that velocity and stuff so no you don't want to break the game you just want to enjoy it you know yeah <laughs> so it's funny strange. though because how how zach and i became friends was the like uh like uh, zach aguilar um um like because i've known zach aguilar for a while but it was halo that actually like was like you play halo so do i i almost went pro and he was like wait what <laughs> <laughs> that is a cool cool There's story. An alternate universe where i'm a pro halo player <laughs> what would your like do you have like a, a a halo tag name that you would that you would use or anything like that see i i'm so like okay so when i was a kid um when i started playing halo was the original halo i was like 12 years old mm -hmm. um and um because i'm i am i am an infinite uh, uh i'm an immortal eldritch god so you don't know what age i am but at the time i was 12 <laughs> years old and um and uh i it was like you know you need a gamer tag and um i was like okay well i really like pokemon and at the time pokemon just came out with fire red version um and so and also i'm a redhead so like like i you know i'm a ginger and so my tag at the time was um fire fire ginger red which changed to red ginger fire when I, um, later on, I don't remember why it changed. I think somebody already took fire ginger red for like the paid something or whatever yeah. that happened. But yeah, it changed into red ginger fire later on, but it was fire ginger red at first. So I'd probably just stick with red ginger fire just cause like, that's still, that's still my <laughs> online name right now. That is like, awesome. You, so if you ever see a red ginger fire, that's me you're playing with. And if I sucked that day, well, that was my boyfriend playing on my account. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll take the wins, but you won't take the L's. <laughs> that, would be, that, would, that would be. I good. will say he even says that I carry him when it comes to first-person shooters because we play Overwatch and Apex together, and uh -huh. yeah, I carry him pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. I love it. Uh, yeah. So now, like, uh. You kill it also in singing in karaoke in the in karaoke because I have seen your vi videos on YouTube. Uh, shameless plug, go check her out on uh, Karina Becker on YouTube. It's just really cool. And uh, like, what are some of the go-to karaoke songs that you like to perform? Um, I love I want to dance with somebody. That's always a good crowd pleaser, especially when it's an older crowd and or the karaoke place doesn't really have a lot of newer music. I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston is amazing and such a good song. And it's a fun one. Um, and it also shows off my range because uh, I can I can build pretty high. Um, again, professional singer, you know, Which is soprano uh, or like tenor. I'm a soprano, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a, a Specifically, if you're talking about opera, I'm a coloratura soprano, which is a specific Ooh. type of like resonance 
there's mm-hmm. there's like a color of like which by the way color tura sopranos i think are kind of overrated maybe it's because i am one but mm-hmm. if you get a color tura alto oh my god those people do not get enough love and their voices are like the voices of angels uh anyways beyond that um but yeah i that's that's one of them but also i i like any mu- like musicals i am so into like if somebody actually knows how to do the song i really love um uh take me uh, um take me for what i am uh is that the name of the song i don't know it's from rent um, oh okay <laughs> like i'm not, yeah, I'm not um, but also, oh gosh, um, of course, Wicked is mm-hmm. is an easy one for me to, you know, throw out there if I really want to show off and be a jerk. <laughs> you always have to show off the karaoke because they'll be like, oh my god, I didn't know you could sing like that. Like you know, I mean, always. You it's know, like, you don't always have to. But it's fun. <laughs> it's, it's more fun though when people are being a certain way and you're like, mm, I'm about to make you regret those words. Yeah. So yeah, of course, we, uh, you know, doing, doing songs from that. My, my favorites though, if they like, if they will uh, like have it are like the songs from six. I've been obsessed with six, mm. the musical since it first showed um, on the West end for the fringe festival. Um, and so now that it's like actually like really popular, it makes me really happy. Um, and I saw it in London when I was there last year. It was amazing. Oh, my oh God, that's I awesome. You, oh, lucky. I, I want to see six. I love, uh, yeah, I, I love musicals too, but like, I can't, uh, mm-hmm. thanks to my mom, I will say. So shout out to my mom on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, but it's weird. I have never seen rent. I have never seen. Yeah. I've never seen wicked. That's why I'm actually looking forward to, uh, uh, uh checking out the Woods? movie. Yeah, I have seen Into the Woods. I have seen okay, Into the Woods. Okay, that's all that matters because that's actually a really good one. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, oh, and uh, like, because it's funny because my favorite musical is Sweeney Todd, but um, <laughs> nice. nobody usually has those songs in karaoke. Well, yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. I, mean, I like geez. them. <laughs> They're good. They're good songs. I agree, but I mean, it's like given the uh, the effect of what Sweeney Todd's talking about. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, have you seen the? Uh, would you have you seen the new uh, Matilda musical on Netflix? Yes, I did. Is that so, crazy? Those kids are so talented. Yeah, you know it's kind of oh. weird because usually when you see a movie, uh, well, a musical movie adaptation from a play version of it, it's usually not as good. But I kind of will say that I've seen the play with a friend and I've seen uh, the musical with a friend and I've seen the movie and I'm like, I think I like the movie more, <laughs> a, a lot more because choreography. Ooh. It, it's it's really good. I, <laughs> oh God, those children are so talented. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, now the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh. Like uh, what are yeah? I was like you were saying the musicals. Like what are some of your favorites? Uh, favorite musicals? Sweeney Todd is my favorite musical um, um, of all time. Um, I really do enjoy Into the Woods um, like crazy. 
Mm. Um, it's not a musical, but I'm gonna mention it. The play um, Noises Off is one of my favorite plays of all time. And also my one of my favorite movies, which the movie has Michael Caine in it and Carol Burnett, which I love Carol Burnett, oh my God. Um, mm. And so many other like, like um, Christopher Reeves is in it. So oh. it, it, honestly, I believe if you're an actor, you need to watch Noises Off. I, I, or if you want to be an actor, watch Noises Off. So you can say, I'm not going to be one of those actors, which spoiler alert, you're going to turn into one of those actors, whether you like it or not, because I'm Carol Burnett, like her character in that. I'm like, that's, that's me. And I feel embarrassed. Um, <laughs> um, What's it about? I've never heard of that one. Oh my God. It's so good. And the funny thing is, is that I told, I told my boyfriend, cause he's a sound engineer. I was like, you need to watch noises off because you worked with every one of these actors. And sure enough, he watches it and he's like, Oh no, I have. And I <laughs> hate it. Um, it's a great play. I actually think that the movie is better than the play because you get more information in the movie than you do mm -hmm. in the play. But the play is also amazing. Um, Oh my god! Uh, so like, I'm looking at the movie. It's like John Ritter, Carol Burnett, yeah. Christopher Reeve. Wow, they yeah, had some yeah. names. The the cast is so stacked. Um um. Oh, also of like, of course, six. I'm obsessed with right now. So Sweeney Todd in the woods, six. Um, I, I I've been in love with. Um, mm -hmm. I I I want to. Um, I love cats because it's bad. <laughs> I oh, no. the musical of Cat. My mom loves Andrew Lloyd Webber. I don't think he's that great. Thank my you. Personal opinion. Um, but that being said, I think the music he writes is lovely. I think the plays as a whole are a mess. Okay, I'm sorry. You brought this. You brought up this topic because, like, I have always said this to all my to all my folks that I am not. I think Andrew Lloyd Webber has always been overrated. <laughs> but like, and don't get me wrong, he had he's a he's 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 good, but he's not he is like talented. Yeah, he's not like I oh my god. That, like at some point while he's writing his plays, like because the music sounds beautiful, does it make sense? Not necessarily, but that's mm -hmm. fine. Not a lot of musical songs make sense. We can get away with that. Mm -hmm. The entire story plot line at some point in every single one of his musicals, I feel lose the plot at some point. And I'm just kind of like, where, where are you going? <laughs> That's exactly. Well, cats is, is like, was like, so, so it's like, yeah, <laughs> just the concept of cats. Is just weird. I love cats is because I feel like that was the one time that Andrew Lloyd Webber was like, you know what? I'm doing a whole bunch of LSD. This makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my god! He's like, hey, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I have to put it. I have to put on a plane like next next week. I don't know, but like, but I'm so just looking at everything. I'm gonna make all these poems from T. S. Eliot and somehow <laughs> make a plot line. Unbelievable! The only one that I would say he was very consistent on was was, was Phantom of the Opera, and then my and and that's why I think it's kind of his most famous one was because that one, like technically speaking, the plot line for Phantom is the only one that kind of stays on a linear path. Mm -hmm. The closest, um, and yet I uh, like. Funny enough, I actually hate Fan of the Opera the most. I do. Again, I do. The, I do too. The music is gorgeous, and I will gladly sing the music from Fan of the Opera. I love mm -hmm. the music from it, but the story makes me sad in it so is. many ways. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, ooh, there's this is problematic, and I. I pointed out that it was problematic when I was seven and my mom didn't listen to me until like, 
actually, I got a call from her recently where I was like, you know, when you were seven and I was like, yes, I know exactly the moment you're talking about. And I know you're about to say that I was right. <laughs> You'll hold the grudge at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. oh, I'm working amazing. on it with my therapist. As you can tell, I've not made any progress. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Well, I mean like, uh, well, the cats is the only one, not cats. I'm sorry. Uh, Phantom was the only one that I could like, Tolerate, tolerate. It's not my. It's definitely not my. Fa- my favorites on my tops, but I would say. Oh, and I'm sorry. The thing is that cats is my favorite because it's so stupid. <laughs> oh no! Like, oh, no. like, like. You know, again, I just imagine Andrew Lloyd Webber taking a whole bunch of LSD and was like, "You want to know what make a great musical? Let's take all of these poems from T.S. Eliot's, including, including the racist ones." Oh no! Yes. And put it in a show. <laughs> And the thing is, is that, like, I'm like, you know what? Cats, the singing, amazing. Dancing, amazing. Costuming, amazing. That's where it stops. <laughs> you're so, yeah, you're so right. I totally, I totally love that, that you got. And that, I that love that because, <clears throat> and, and here's the thing. For people that say, oh, no, I truly love Cats. I think it's a wonderful, you're lying to yourself. Mm. That's like saying my favorite my favorite musical is Spider-Man Into the Dark. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm Which, you know what? I would <laughs> gladly watch that show for the same reason everybody else did, because it was terrible. <laughs> it's just a giant dumpster fire. I love the fact that you said that it was that, that, that fandom was a sad had a sad story, but your favorite is is Sweetie Todd, where there was literally hundreds of people that he killed. Well, here's <laughs> the reason why. Sweetie Todd is not pretending to be a good guy. Yeah, that is true. Sweeney Todd is a musical that is a bad, a, a bad, uh, it's about bad people in general, because yeah, we can sympathize with Sweeney about like, oh yeah, that sucks. You were taken away and like put imprisoned for years and now you're coming back and wanting revenge. He's a bad person. He got he turned is. into a bad person. And then you kind of see the same, like it, the, the show itself is about cycles and how, and how, you know that whole thing about how, like, you live long enough to see yourself turn into the bad guy? Yes. We like to see ourselves as victims all the time. But at the same time, if you don't do therapy, you run the risk of turning into the bad guy because you were a victim. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's, like, the biggest moral of the story is that, like, you turn into your worst nightmare if you don't work on yourself and look inwardly and like actually like because because what he went through is unacceptable but then what he ends up doing is also unacceptable yeah that's true but he didn't and that's know. why i love the show yeah he, like but that was that was a but that would hurt that one really hurt though when you found like near the end and stuff so i mean oh, he yeah. needed his he needed his comeuppance it's a moral to the story of like sweeney todd became what he hated Mm-hmm. And 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 that the cycle you can almost see the cycle starting with Joanna and um and how she's mistreated and how um uh with with um Joanna and Jonathan how hopefully like the whole show kind of ends on a happy note because Joanna and Jonathan end off end up going off together and the hope is is that they won't repeat the cycle. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. Did you like the did you like the movie adaptation of it? Uh, no, <laughs> we don't talk about that. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, uh, and I also, like, I heard that you mentioned this earlier, but, like, I heard that, that the showrunners of Glee wanted you on the show. Uh, but there was some crazy, like, red tape and stuff you had to deal with. Like, what happened? So, I am on Glee. I'm a co-star on Glee, but you only see me on, you see me on screen for one line, and then you, it's very weird, but if you watch the rest of that scene, at the end, the Glee kids are leaving the room, and then you hear the classroom uh, yelling at them, but it's all me. If you listen closely enough, it's literally just me overlapped on top of each other because what they had me do was they had me improv while they were leaving, but they only had me do it. And then they just overlapped it all and made it sound like a big classroom. But it's really weird because it just, it's it's just a classroom full of me at that it's point. It's different octaves awesome. of Karina. <laughs> yeah, and it's so weird because I'm like, you literally, I, and this is the funny thing. That's actually where I met Damien Haas, which he's on Smosh. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, Damien Haas is sitting right next to me. Also, fun fact, I learned this recently. Damien Haas apparently thought I hated him for 10 years. Um, that's not what, what happened. I was trying to flirt with him the entire time. <laughs> I'm just really bad at flirting, so I came off as a jerk because I'm autistic and stupid. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, we have reconciled since then. Me and Damien are now friends. Um, <laughs> I just think it's really funny how this all, like, happened. Um, but, like, I'm like, but you didn't have, like, any of a Like, Damien had a line. There was another girl and another guy that had a line. And you didn't have any of them also say lines while they were leaving. Just me while they were leaving. But I remember at one point, one yeah, one of the, I think it was one of the writers. I think. Mm -hmm. I'm not entirely sure. Um because I don't remember, it was like over 10 years ago that this happened. Um, but I do remember them coming up to me and they were like, because I had been auditioning for Glee since day one before it like even was on air. And um, and I kept on getting callbacks and getting asked to audition over and over and over again. And so finally season two Christmas episode, I get cast and it's just one one line that's on screen and then the rest me improving stuff. And um, they came up to me and they were like, we just wanted to tell you that we've loved you since your first audition. And I was like, oh, and they were like, we wanted you to have a bigger role. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and then they were like, the only problem was is that the producers thought you looked too much like the guidance counselor. What? And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. The guidance counselor has red, red short, or like red hair like me. Um, we both have really big eyes, and mm -hmm. we both are pale with freckles. Both loud as well. So both you're very telling high pitched too. We're both very high pitched as well. So you're telling me that they couldn't, like, you know, do any kind of, like, you know, change maybe to a little bit to change it a little bit to change it off to Not so they could say, yeah, they, they, they were like my, like, cause, and I don't blame them because if you really do look at both of us, we kind of do look like we could be related. Um, <laughs> like, cause our face, like there's like facial structure things that are even similar and, and it was just really funny because they were like, yeah, we we tried to get you on the show. We tried to give you a bigger role. Um, like, a, a, And then it turned into like basically them convincing the producers that if I only had one line that was on screen, that it would be fine. 
Wow. That and how, and how long did it take them to uh to to agree to that? Like it was it wasn't the meet. Well, like, so I, I, it thing. didn't take that long because at least I'm I'm in the second season. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you know, second season Christmas episode. That's what it was. I think they would have been better off not telling you that to say, "Oh, you were so close." <laughs> yeah, to, that to get on. I was like, I understand you're saying this to me because you think that I like you want to like make make it known that you think I'm really good at what I do or whatever. But this actually hurts a lot. <laughs> it does like they're literally saying that they didn't make you get on it because of how you looked. And that's just yeah. that's that's terrible. Oh, but uh, no, and but, they were like, and we know you so good and all that stuff and I was like well I mean maybe it's a good thing because then you know maybe certain cast members uh, might have gotten jealous because <laughs> they have a history of getting jealous at other cast members for being good singers too Oh, yeah. And I am not opening that Pandora's box again. So, <laughs> yes, I definitely know that. And, uh, but I mean, but ever since then, though, I mean, you've played, you play Paimon, like one of the most popular characters in Genshin Impact. Um, even yeah. though, yeah, I know, like, even though you're, you're like, she's a, uh, she's a side character, like, the role feels like you have, like, literally the most lines any character has oh, in the game. That's, oh, it is? Is it official? I, I, that's just true. That's just fact. Uh, I think oh, my God. 20,000 lines now. Oh, my God. That she has in the game. Um, we lost count. <laughs> At that point, it's like, okay, no, he's not, no she's she's first. She's, yeah. She has to be number one. But like, but, like, what was your initial reaction, like, coming into a role like that? That's, that, that's pretty crazy. Cool. So, like, you know, when you first book a role, especially, like, at the time, you know, Hoyoverse, MiHoYo at the time, but uh, Hoyoverse only had Honkai Impact. I'd never heard of that game, never played it. Um, so when I got Genshin, I had no idea really what it was except for a Chinese mobile game. That's what I was told, and, and I didn't even know... I remember recording for it for three months and then being told, okay, you're done. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And this was like at the end of 1.1. So at this point we had just fought Devalin and then we talked to Venti and he doesn't have his gnosis anymore. And, and I, and I was like, we're done. That's a weird ending. Did we even save the sibling? Like what's going on here? And I was like, whatever, I'm sure it will make sense when it's all put together, but I'm done with this game. And then I get called in, and I remember this because it specifically did say pickups on my email. And then it said four hours, and I was like, four hours of pickups? Did I screw up that bad? Or they they must have lost some some stuff. Or maybe they, they forgot, oh, maybe this is the end. They just completely forgot part of the script, and this is the part where we save the sibling. Okay, cool. I go in, and I'm like, all right, guys, let's do these pickups. And and the director, Chris Fiello, was like, pickups? And I was like, yeah, that's what we're, that's what, that's on my phone. And he's like, we're on to 1.2. And I was like, what do you mean 1.2? <laughs> And he was like, yeah, we're moving on to, like, the next section. And I was like, I'm sorry, what do you mean next section? We recorded, like, a whole video game, and and we're done. Like, this is the end. And he's like, no, you're going to be doing this for at least five more years, my dude. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Wait a minute. Because, like, I had a moment, like, you know, and before this happened, I we I was at a, I was at um, Rihanna Knickerbocker's house, who ended up being in Genshin later on, but at the time she wasn't. Um, and it was it was Halloween because Brianna, Brianna, if you don't know this about Brianna Knickerbocker, it's perfect that she's Hu Tao because she loves Halloween. 
and mm. Hu Tao has all the Halloween aesthetic. Um, um, and so she was having a Halloween party and Zach Aguilar was at this party and we were talking about Genshin and mind you, I also did not know that I, I knew that he was the traveler or one of the travelers because at the time I also did not know Sarah Miller Cruz yet. Um, and uh, I was like, yeah, man, um, I'm recording a lot for that game. You must also be recording a lot too. And he goes, what? And I was like, well, your your character says, I mean, not as much as my character, but your character says that I, my character responds to you all the time. And he's like, I don't record those lines. <laughs> and so it was that slow realization of, oh no, Zach is another silent protagonist. <laughs> another? He he, he played well, another at the one? Time, at the time he was Byleth in in um Three Houses, and uh. that's a silent protagonist, you know, because because everybody else says a lot of stuff and you just click whatever Byleth responds with. And but he, but he doesn't actually say those lines. So it's a silent protagonist. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I, um, I was like, oh, uh, yeah. I, he was like, do you have like that many lines? And I'm like, dude, I talk so freaking much. And he was like, well, good. <laughs> Zach being Zach, he's like, well, good for you. I'm glad because honestly, I'm like, he, he was recording Demon Slayer at the time um, and, you know, a few other things. And so he was like, honestly, I'm kind of okay with the fact that I'm another silent a protagonist because Demon Slayer is taking most of my time right now. And mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, well, I'm glad that that's the case um, because, yeah, I talk a lot and it's nonstop. And, and you know, so it, 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 we kind of poke fun here and there about how much Zach doesn't talk in the game yet he's the lead. Like, what was it? I think with the um, when Sumeru finally dropped – you actually hear the traveler talk for the first time in forever. So he tweeted out, did you see that I got more lines? And then I, I responded to him and I, and I was like, did you see that I got more lines too? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Zach's like a little brother to me. I've known him for almost 10 years now. So like we, we constantly poke fun at each other like that. And, um, um, nice. but yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy because like, I knew that I was the character that explained everything, which honestly is harder than being the character that does all the action, only because the action is kind of like really fun and exciting and it's not hard to make it fun and exciting versus the character that has to explain everything mm -hmm. can get real tedious. I mean, heck, there are times when I look at the lines and not to say like the writers are doing the best they can but i will look at the lines myself and i'll be like can we reword this so that it's not so wordy because like and and thank god hoyoverse is so cool and they're so cool to work with because they honestly but not that they go for or like go with my opinion they obviously make the final decision at the end of the day so they don't always go with my opinion but they listen to my opinion and they do take it like they do take it into consideration because they also know that I'm a gamer and I actually do play the game. Um, and I will sit there and listen to it come back. And, and, and I, I really want the game to be as enjoyable as possible. And, and there's no way to get around the fact that this stuff does need to be explained. And sometimes it is very long and winded and stuff like that. But if there's anything that I can do with my perspective of being like, I think we can condense this. So that way it's not 
a big long paragraph and and still gets the point across without making the audience you know bored yeah. well um, like i mean you're saying like i mean well what version of genshin impact uh is currently out now like what do you do you know or I don't even know. It's like three point two, three point. I don't know. Okay. Well, no, that's okay. I just wanted to know because, like, my point, my point on that was was like, if there, it's it's been several different versions, and you're still doing. I mean, you said they said that they, the the link was about was going to be about five years, uh, for you to you know to be oh to yeah be this, no uh, they, this voice. They, they extended it since then, but because of the, how how popular Pop. it got, they all of a sudden got it came out and said. JK, we're not doing five years anymore. We're doing ten years. Oh I God. got that announcement when everybody else did. So, <laughs> what, like the minute that that article came out that said we're actually going to extend this for ten years, that was when all of the actors found out too. So, oh, and wow. we so all we all messaged each other. And we're like, we're going to be doing this for ten years. <laughs> Consistent work, I guess. But the, but I guess the big thing is like like are, are they expecting you to be doing that tutorial? for that long when they do these new these new expansions and stuff or are they just not going to be maybe put you more into a storybook role like story role of what's currently happening in the world of uh of genshin a little bit well, uh, I, so you don't have to be explaining yourself as much as you did initially right and i think that's why they do take my opinion on this so seriously is because again i play the game myself and i, I come from a um the um the point of view of a gamer and like and like again, there you know you have to explain these things, but um, but if if we can explain them in a like in a way that's simpler and easier to understand, like I I again, Hoyoverse has been amazing to work with because not every client takes what you have to say as an actor, and they don't have to mind you. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not going to sit there and say, oh well, other clients are bad because they don't do this. That's not the case. They have their vision for their game, and they are entitled to it. Mm -hmm. What I am saying is that when you get a client that is willing to at least um, take your point of view, it 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 like it kind of makes me feel more relieved Value. as an actor. Because again, they don't have to take my opinion. They know what the game is going to look like when it's done. I do not. I am okay. coming at it from the point of view of like I am sitting here in this booth where I don't see what's we don't know what's going to be on screen. We don't know. So so when a client doesn't take my opinion, I do not take it personally. They know at the end of the day what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And even Hoyoverse doesn't take every single opinion that I have. They've the, but that being said, they at least take it into consideration where they've had said, "You know what? You're right. This doesn't make sense so let's make it make sense and and then we work together with the script writers um to you know condense it or simplify it or because here's the thing we also don't want to take anything away from the character mm -hmm. um so that's it's kind of like a, it's a balance of like we don't want to take anything away from the character but at the same time we want to make this so that it's not just explaining all the time what's going on and then the audience is like i'm done yeah um yeah. That makes and, sense. and so it's a balance that you have to play because the one thing about Paimon and they've said this from the beginning with me was that she is annoying <laughs> and she does talk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so when I'm sitting here as an audience member saying this seems really wordy, can we can we condense it? Sometimes Hoyoverse is like, yes. And sometimes they're like, no, I, we really do want to keep the wordiness of this because it fits with Paimon. And I'm like, you're right. Totally, we'll go with that. Um, but it's always it's it's just the fact that it's always a discussion where it's like, 
does or or like even even so like i'll be like guys this doesn't make sense am i missing some context or do we need to rewrite this and sometimes it's i'm missing some context and that it will make more sense when the game is played um and other times they'll go look it over and they'll be like you know what you're right this actually doesn't make sense we do need to rewrite this and i as, again as an actor i appreciate being in a booth where I have the freedom to speak up and ask questions. And honestly, I mean, I speak up and ask questions no matter who I'm in the booth with. <laughs> because I, if it doesn't make sense to me, it's not going to make sense to the audience. Right. I mean, that's cool. That, that's that's fair to say. I totally agree yeah. with that. And uh, I mean, like you said earlier too, uh, that uh, and you know, as everyone knows, Genshin Impact is wildly successful. Uh, I'm not so won't be surprised until we see the anime of this coming soon here in a bit. But uh, uh, and uh, and you do play the game yourself. Uh, who are some of your favorite characters that you like to play, and why? Oh, that I like to play, or my favorite characters in general. Those are two different answers. Oh wow, you have two different. There. Okay, we let's let's say in well, general. Because, let's say in general. I have, I have, my, favorite, <laughs> I have my favorite characters in Genshin. Uh-huh. And my top 10 are no, none of them are playable. What? <laughs> the NPCs? Okay, you have to understand. There's so much. Look, people sleep on the NPCs. <laughs> they really do. Because there are some darn good NPCs in the game that are hilarious. Okay. First uh and foremost being Timmy. Timmy is the best character in the game, hands down. <laughs> Because, oh, because even to this day, and even me repeating this story of like, and this isn't even voiced in the game. You just go up to him, you scare his pigeons, you talk to him. And then, and I remember this because I was Twitch streaming it at the time. And my, 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 my Twitch stream said, go back, pick the other option. And I go, why? And they're like, trust me, go back, pick the other option. And you do. And then he says, but what if they don't come back like daddy? Oh my God. <laughs> dead. I was dead. I was on the, I think I laughed and cried for like a full 10 minutes on stream. <laughs> and like, don't get me wrong. There's other funny points in the game, but so far nothing has topped that. Nothing has <laughs> topped that reaction. And I think it's a little bit because two reasons. I didn't know it got that dark. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> because I just voiced Paimon and Paimon never got that dark. So it threw me through a loop because I was in this game and I was like, and you made that joke? Oh my goodness. <laughs> you made that joke? This is the... And also another reason was because that's what started me being unhinged when it came to my improv in the booth. Because I was like, if they're willing to put that type of joke in this game, oh, I know exactly what types of jokes I'm allowed to do now. And now there's so much of like jokes that are in there, improv, improved by me, that would not have been in there had I not seen what Timmy said. So thanks to Timmy, it, it motivated you to become darker. <laughs> to be a heathen, a freaking heathen. And don't get me, I improv all the time anyway. It just got worse. <laughs> Timmy, Timmy made that gray line a little bit further down. It's like, oh, okay, so this is where we can go with what we're doing I right was now. Like, the line is so, oh my God, it's so much <laughs> further than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, that. 
Okay, so no, I'll give uh, now that one is I will say that is a good surprise. I love that one. <laughs> that answer. Jeez. And then the, the, the other one is um the second character. Now this is this is a character in Inazuma, also not voice. I hope she gets a voice because I both love and hate her at the same time. Like mm -hmm. I want to travel the world for her with her because she's the worst person. And I love her. Um, but it's the woman where you meet her and she's writing a book and she needs you to go and find this mythical instrument to see how it sounds so she can describe it in her book. But when you meet her, she literally says, mm, you don't look like a lead character to me. You look more like an NPC. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and that was the second time I think I've laughed so hard in my life. She didn't say NPC directly, but she basically said that. So I was like, uh, my response was this, this B word called me an NPC. <laughs> oh, man. I so hate this woman. And at the same time, I respect her so much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is so funny. Uh, and then like, this, this line is voiced and it's one line and it's the woman that my third favorite character is the woman who screams cheap and tasty chop suey at you in Leo. Oh, okay. And yeah. I don't, I don't I think Chris Fiella told me once who the voice actor was, but I forgot who it was mm -hmm. and whoever it is, she deserves all the awards in the, on the <laughs> planet because nothing makes me happier than hearing her say cheap and tasty chop suey. <laughs> and i'm like you sound you sound exactly like you should <laughs> and i love that they channeled they channeled the right uh the she right put, pitch for it <laughs> she put the whole cheap and tasty tasty chop sinusy in that line <laughs> oh no the whole thing <laughs> Like what? I, I would love to see some of the the, the stories. <laughs> that sounds like you're having a great time uh, voicing uh, voicing <laughs> Genshin. If that's if that's yeah, the case, she's wow! So good. She's iconic. She's she's the most iconic voice. Like again, and this was because it's the line that I think everybody can recognize. Like everybody can recognize Paimon, but that's because Paimon talks the most. Mm -hmm. She's recognizable off of one line. That's talent. <laughs> it's true. Talent. Oh Talent. my gosh. And uh and, the best. <laughs> and uh you've done also like incredible work in the game series AI Somnium Files, which I really say this is one of the most underrated, like kind of mystery kind of games in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh I wish they had some more of a bigger thing. And I feel that, that game uh that game is incredibly well, like I said, incredibly underrated. Uh like how was your experience like experiencing how was your experience working uh working there too? working for um funny enough i'm in genshin because of that game oh really so um in the first ida somnium files you'll notice that a lot of people that are in genshin are in that cast i did not well. notice that that's cool <laughs> um so yeah um in the first ida somnium files i'm in it jackie laster's in it zach aguilar's in it erica harlicker's in it allegra's in it, allegra clark's in it uh, sean chiplock um, Brad Venable, may he rest in peace, is also in Ida Somnium Files, then got some NPCs in Genshin as well. Um, like, they're basically, it's because Chris Fiella was also the director in Ida Somnium Files, when he got hired to be in Genshin, 
Mihoyo at the time was like, do you know who should audition for these characters? And he was like, because not only does he direct, he also um, cast some of the characters as well. Um, especially when it first was like um, happening. He, he was the casting director when it first started. Um, and he was like, I got you. He literally had... Now, mind you, some of the people, uh, obviously he has more than just the cast of I, the Somnium Files in it because there's a lot of characters and um, not all of us can voice all these characters. But Zach's now the Traveler. I'm Paimon, Jackie Lazarus, Xiang Ling, um, Erica Harlicker is Fenty, um, Allegra Clark is Beto. Like, you know, um, Brad Venable, as I said, got some NPCs in Genjin. Um, so uh, Sean Tiplock's D Luke. So, it, it, you know, it's it's because he was like, I want all of these people. I loved working with them on this game. I want them back on this one. Yeah. Okay. Um, and um, and now, mind you, he doesn't make the final decision. Mihoyo is the client, so they always make the final decision when it comes to casting. Chris basically just narrows it down to, like, his top favorites out of the auditions and then, like, sends it off to them. So even he doesn't make final, final decision. Um, but he was rooting for me to be Paimon from the start. And even, <laughs> it's funny because he did this to me and I, and I told him that this was a jerk move that he did too. Um, <laughs> I, I went in for the callback for Paimon, which callbacks rarely happen for, um, for, uh, games that are, um, uh, international, uh -huh. um, you know, so I thought it was really weird that I was being brought in for a callback for this game because, you know, I'm uh, like usually for the dub languages, it's not very often that um, callbacks happen for the dub version, um, but they they happened. And when I walked in, I saw Chris because I didn't know that he was involved. I just you, when you audition at home for the first call, you audition at home. You don't know who's on it. You don't know how you got it. It just comes from your agent and you're like, OK, cool, I'll audition. Um, and then I get him for the callback and, and he's there and I'm like, oh my God, yay. I didn't know it was you. And he was like, yeah, also just so you know, your first choice for this character. And I was like, why would you say that? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> why? Nope. Uh, <laughs> you. <laughs> um, so. Found, found a way to just kind of sneak that in, you know? Yeah, um, it's funny because he said, I knew I knew what I was doing. I knew you'd handle it. And I was like, Chris, I didn't. <laughs> he's like, you got the character, so clearly you did. <sighs> oh, man, that's terrible. Um, well, that's fun. No, but, yeah. that's, but that's cool, though. I mean, it, it set yourself up for more, even more opportunities. That's now gotten to a, a, a project that's exploded to everyone's above everyone's imagination where it's at. Yeah. So. Somnium Files so much because I I mean first of all Ushikoshi who is the writer of oh, yeah. the game is a freaking genius no kidding um I was in the first game and while I was streaming it I was so confused and yet like talk about a person that really understands you can make things convoluted and still make sense at the same time and all come together mm. and you have to be really freaking smart to be able to do that and I am too dumb for that like, there's a reason why I'm right. Um, and, and, and he, he really is just such a, an amazing person. And, and the crazy thing is, is that he knows who the English cast is. Um, oh, right. like, 
usually when you have clients, it's really only like the heads of the company that know who you are because they're the ones that picked you. Not necessarily the writers, not the game devs. They don't know who the English cast is ever. Ushikoshi knows who we all are. And have you ever he, met him? I've never met him in person, but the first time I realized he actually knew who I was, was it was an article that he was being interviewed as, and he was talking about the Japanese voice for Mizuki for the first game, saying that, like, how, how good she was. And then he says, by the way, you should also listen to it in English. The English actor for Mizuki was phenomenal. Wow, okay. And I was like, wow. what? And then he's also, like, responded to us on Twitter, saying, um, like, both me and Jackie responded to us. Heck, he even told Ushikoshi better not flake on this promise because, like, Jackie was streaming. He watched her stream. Oh, wow. He watched her stream the game. And then, and this was when the second one was out. He watched her stream the second one and then responded to her Twitter saying, wait till you see the third one. What? So even and I'm that, like, yeah. Sarah, you can't just tweet that. You can't just, what are you doing? I didn't even know they were making a third one. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> just... hopefully that's real. Hopefully we get a third one. Oh I, I have goodness. my hopes. Oh, um, no, I definitely do. Those games, like but, I said, those but, games are very underrated in my opinion. Like, I think if you like those kind of detective, noirish kind of feels of what's happening well, in a weird futuristic way, it's it's, it's cool. also it's like, because when I tell people that, oh, it's a point and click adventure, they're like, oh, well, I don't really play those. And I'm like, play this one. It's not just because I'm in it. You can <laughs> listen to it. Like, play it in Japanese. I don't care. It's not about me being in it. Mm -hmm. Play this one. Please play I, the Somnium Files. Because oh. it is, like, and then there's parts that are not a point and click adventure. You know, you play as Iba in the dream going around. But the story is so good, so well thought out. Um... And totally so touching in so many ways, and 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 because like the 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 I I I the Somnium Files the the name itself for I it's spelled A I as an in artificial intelligence, but also I in Japanese means love, and then <clears throat> I as an eyeball, which is if you play through the game, you'll understand why why that's important. Mm -hmm. Um. So there's like three puns in one, and Ushikoshi is so good at doing puns. <laughs> so good. They're everywhere in the game. They don't take away from the story. They make sense. They fit with everything. He has the perfect balance of being really dark and soulful and meaningful with being funny. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> he, he knows how to balance that line very well. And and he he makes honest stories about people that and because like one of the things that he's I believe it was him that said this that his story is not is about love and more than just love that you would get from a sexual partner. It's also about platonic love. It's about familial love. And you definitely see that, like, and, and I believe, again, I believe it was him that said this, was that the game is about also a found family. And as a person, I'm not from Los Angeles. I, I'm, I'm from Seattle, and I also have a found family here. And 
I'm, you know, in the LGBTQ community. And luckily, I'm in a situation with my family that my mom and my dad did not disown me when I came out. Mm-hmm. They're working on understanding the non-binary thing. Um, they're also, like, they also are working on understanding. I'm, I'm also intersex, um, which I had no idea until recently. Um, and most people that are intersex actually don't realize they're intersex until way later in life um mm-hmm. because you truly don't know until you get your genetics tested really um <clears throat> but um but the 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 general thing is is that i'm lucky that i have parents that again did not disown they're working on understanding it but they didn't disown me outright not everybody in the lgbtq community has that so you have to find your own new family for that familial love. Mm-hmm. And Ushikoshi is like the whole game is about a found family and what that means for these people. And I think that's a really important story to tell. I think um, that's, I think the way, I think the way you, you, you're describing his story is pretty much the, is a, is a great way because I think that's what makes it, uh, that's what, what resonated it for me when I played it. Uh, I think that like, uh, uh, with the cons, like with the situation that everything was around, it, mm-hmm. the way that he portrayed that story was not only different, but also got a little bit eye opening, uh, uh, eye opening for, uh, for as well. Cause like, I mean, uh, uh, I, I, that's why I, I've, it kind of, it kind of like, that's one of the kind of a game, the game story that I would remember, uh, that I will always remember when I, when I beat it. So, so though no, you're totally right. I think the way he resonated on it was, is, is absolutely like beyond what you normally see in the regular game, especially let alone story well, there, There's games. so many people that like, especially with Mizuki specifically, she has a very strained relation, relationship with her parents. She's living with Date, who is not her family whatsoever, but her mm-hmm. family is not really an option. Mm-hmm. And so it's Mizuki, Mizuki's story is about her coming to terms with the fact that she doesn't really have her parents but that's not a complete loss because she at least has Date. And I can definitely resonate with that. Again, my parents have always been really supportive of me and I've been very lucky and privileged in that. Not to say that we haven't had our ups and downs and disagreements though. And at times when that has happened, I have my family here in Los Angeles and, um, you know, it's, it's, I, 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 I like love comes in so many, so many more forms than just a sexual thing. Love, um, like I, I've, it, it really, uh, you know, it really makes me sad that, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to actually circle this around to men or uh, masculine people for a second is that like, they feel like if they say that they love each other, that, that makes them feminine or you know questions their sexuality and i'm like you literally don't tell your friends that you love them that's really sad to me and Mm. and it's funny because like i uh first of all gender this is why gender norms are stupid anyway because Mm. because of this specific it keeps you from this the silliest things like just telling your friend that you love them 
Yeah, I totally agree. And that it's, it's, and it can, and love can be platonic and, and that, and platonic love is important in so many relationships and, and is healthy and, um, and like, I, I, I feel really sad for people that have a problem with saying that word to their friends platonically. And, but yeah, that I think that this, the, the game, like, it's a story about love. It's in the name of the game. Cause again, that name is like a three times the pun. <laughs> <laughs> That's very much so. I mean, and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, and like, we we, we, cl- we let's close this all off uh i mean that because i mean that <laughs> last question kind of was more stronger than i thought it was going to be but it's <laughs> <laughs> the game but, is really deep it is very it's impacting also played the second one too. It's really great. Uh, <laughs> no, the but second the to- one is just as crazy as the first also there's songs in it yeah. <laughs> hey, but no, no, but you pretty much hit the the, the kind of feelings that, that that game kind of got get you to. I mean, but uh, totally agree uh, uh, with, with with what you were saying. But uh, uh, but we'll close it off with one last question. And I mean, and uh, I like I see you at conventions, and it's uh, it's always a delight to see you uh, when you run the panels because you don't know what to expect when you run these panels. But it's always fun when you do. Sorry, no, it's it's good, it's good. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, but sometimes seeing you play like you know these ser- serious to semi serious characters like Tatsumaki and One Punch Man is it's like it's kind of hard for me because I'm like this girl is like it, like when, like when she talk when you ta- uh, I mean like uh, this girl is like completely serious like for the most part like very prideful very strong but then I'm like uh, Karina is not like that <laughs> like what I from what I've always seen uh and stuff so uh when uh, when you play these kind of characters, like, does it take much for you to kind of get in, you know, that form of what to, what they're want, like, you know, the boastful, like, straight faced, uh, serious it kind d- of role? It doesn't because that was just me in high school. Oh, really? Um, I'm a very small person in real life, and I would say that, like, because okay, you when you when you approach acting, and this is kind of a little acting lesson right here, you're never somebody else the the idea that like oh i get to be somebody else get that out of your head because humans are like i'm autistic so i'm already bad with empathy that's kind of like an autistic trait but humans in general if you actually go into like psychology and honestly also if you're an actor take at least some psychology classes because it really does help um but humans in general are not that good at empathy we like to think we are but we're really not that good at it um so instead of always thinking yourself of i'm playing a different person i always like to think of it i am a version of myself in in different circumstances um i was brought up differently or i i'm i'm in i'm in a different part in my life at this point but it's still me and it's always going to be me tatsumaki is small gets made fun of for being small um is actually an adult I actually experienced that on a regular basis. <laughs> and let me tell you, that anger that she feels when she is undermined because she's A, a woman, B, small, when re- in reality she's actually really strong and really smart, I feel the same anger when it happens to me because it does. Does it happen all the time? No. And at conventions, it definitely doesn't happen because I'm uh, like... You know, people know who I am at conventions. 
Mm-hmm. But I've definitely been in a place where I have been overlooked because I'll, I'll, I am non-binary and intersex, but I appear feminine, so therefore people look at me as a woman. And I'm not denying, like, I, I understand that. The problem is, and this is why gender is stupid, is that people look down on femininity and womanhood, which is sad because they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Those, both of those things are beautiful and can be strong in its own right. And... But that's not the way that our society perceives it. And so I look at it as a person who is fed up with being looked down on. Mm. And I've been there myself several times. So I expand on that to then bring that out. It's, it, Tatsumaki is a version of me. It's a version of me when I experience those moments as well. Mm. Um, Again, you're never somebody else. You're just a different person in a different with different circumstances. Or no, you're not a different person. Sorry, you're yourself in different circumstances. Yeah, I, and, I, love, I love that. Yeah, and it's so Tatsumaki is me reacting the way I would react, and I have reacted in those situations. I've definitely reacted that way when people have underestimated me. Mm. Um, I especially react that way. Again, I'm a very sickly person. I have to go to the hospital a lot. And the amount of times that I've dealt with doctors that have tried to talk down to me and regretted that decision right after, it's a lot. Um, Because, you know, being a sickly person with a chronic condition, you have to learn how to advocate for yourself. And I was very also lucky that my mom taught me that too, because she, she dealt with cancer. And had she not she had to literally lie to get checked for colon cancer. She said her dad, her uncle died from it. Her uncle actually died from prostate cancer, but she lied and said colon cancer because they weren't checking her for it because she was too young, quote unquote, um, to have that problem. But she knew she had it. Turns out she definitely did. And luckily they caught it early enough that they only had to do surgery to get rid of it. Nice. Had wow. they not, colon cancer is a very hard disease to, to detect. It got Billy last year. Um, unfortunately, I love Billy Kmetz and uh, the whole industry did. Um, but he was also very young when he got it. And my mom was lucky enough to notice the signs, know what it was, and still tell the doctors, no, you're wrong. I do have this. And turns out she was right. And so far, me as also a sickly person who has gone to the hospital several times. I hate, like, you know, I've been right almost every time. I, um, I was right when I said I had arthritis. I'm a very young person with arthritis. They said that I couldn't have had that. I was in a wheelchair for two years because my knees hurt so bad. Oh my goodness. Now I'm on medication and I'm not in a wheelchair anymore, but it was because I had arthritis and they wouldn't listen to me. Um, But it took, it took me basically being like, you don't know what you're talking about. And I want to, this is the trick for anybody dealing with any chronic illness and a doctor's not listening to, or just in general, when a doctor's not listening to you and you specifically ask for certain tests, tell them that you want it written down in your, um, in your uh, uh, file that they're the doctor that said that they refused to give you this test. Wow. 90% of the time they said, okay, fine. They will say, okay, fine, we'll do the test. 
And it's because if it's written down that they're the ones that said no, if you're right later on, you can go back and sue them. Wow. I did not know that. That's actually really good to know. And, uh, like, I mean, it, 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 like, once you find out, like, if you find out that you're right, like, how, like, the doctors, I'm assuming, does, does he pretends that they were, that they weren't oh, wrong? Oh, I lay it what is it? how much I'm right. I, I'm <laughs> such a jerk. Well, because it's also my health we're talking about. This ain't something like, oh, I was right about a certain rule in D&D, which right. I'm also a jerk about, honestly. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, when it's my own health, I, you have to be an advocate for yourself. And sometimes that means you have to be me. Yeah. I mean, hell, I mean, it's like you have to, I mean, especially, especially the amount of money that you're paying for these kind of things anyways, in general, in the form. Only like, to you be should... told that I think you're faking, I, you're being hysterical, which mm -hmm. I always fight back with. You're sexist. I want a different doctor. Um, <laughs> immediately. <laughs> yeah, my goodness. Um, so Tatsumaki is literally that. It's, mm -hmm. it's being looked down upon because of certain factors that are against her control, even though she's one of the most powerful people in that show. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, that's definitely well put too. I mean, that's, that's definitely great to know. Oh mm -hmm. man, Karina, I don't even know. Like, like I could literally be talking to you all day about, about this stuff. It's freaking, it's <laughs> all, you are wonderful. To, it was wonderful talking to you to, uh, today, but uh, before, before you, uh, before uh, we go, is there a, uh, like, uh, if you'd like to plug in any places that, uh, folks can see you and your or like you know follow like conventions anything like social media like where can um, folks follow check you my out? birds on twitter it's at the bird zulu <laughs> bird um, zulu nice it would have both zulu and lima but at the time i only had zulu i i now have two i wasn't planning on that um you, you could change <laughs> you could change the name can i i don't even yeah. know well i'll try um but for <laughs> now it's at the bird zulu um, and then on Instagram, it's, uh, at Karina dot Betger, um, B O E T T G E R spelled weird. I'm German. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and, um, on, on, on TikTok, it's at Karina Betger. Um, I'm going to start streaming on Twitch at some point again, which will be <laughs> Karina, like twitch.tv slash Karina Betger. Um, so, uh, yeah, those, those are where I'm at. Oh, oh, and also my my YouTube, which I believe is Karina Becker VO. But if you just put in Karina Becker, I come up. So, okay, um, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, uh, folks, Karina Becker, check them out. They uh, they are really awesome. To uh, uh, awesome voice actor, but uh, also folks, if there's if you love this interview with Karina Becker, you could also check out all the other uh, uh all the other interviews and stuff that we do on our YouTube channel and once again on our website confreaksandgeeks.com. So once again, this is Davis signing out. Uh, y'all, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs>